Welcome to Meet an African Pastor podcast. My name is Anthony Seitzma, and in this podcast, I interview different African pastors so that people around the world can hear about what their lives are like and pray for them. And most importantly, this gives all of us an opportunity to learn from the African church. Thank you for listening. Welcome again to the podcast. I'm here with a longtime friend, Bishop Robert, and he's going to be talking to us about mm -hmm. this very interesting region of Uganda called Karamoja. We'll get into that in a moment, but first, Bishop, can you share with us more about yourself? Tell us your full names, uh, where you come from, tell us a little bit about your family and your position that you serve. Um, thank you, Anthony. I'm called Robert Olupot, the Bishop Pentecostal Assemblies of God. Karamoja. Um, I'm married to Christine Olupot, and we have three children, Samuel Olupot, Jesse Olupot, and then Joshua Olupot. We have been a blessing. We were, were worked in Karamoja. I am a missionary from Teso, and Karamoja region is actually in the northeastern Uganda, mm -hmm. and it's a region which has people pastoralists and mostly they're pastoralists and they love cows, they love goats, mm -hmm. they love, actually, of course, the animals. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've stayed in Karamoja now 23 years from wow. 2000 and I've really known the language, I've done a lot of work, I've moved in the villages and seen what God as done in Karamoja. Mm -hmm. When I came to Karamoja, Southern Karamoja had only one church. Mm -hmm. So it had only one church, and that was uh, in 2000. After that, we had the, we had actually the plan to move, to have outreaches, and then in those outreaches, we reached the first place called Matang. Mm -hmm. And Matanyo, because we reached there and planted a church. And after Matanyo, we moved to another district, Kakelo, because called Nakapripirit. Mm. And then from Nakapripirit, we planted us a church. And then we moved to Akelo. Those were the major key mission areas in Karamoja. Now, we went to Amudat in 2006. And we also planted a church there. Nakapripit was 2004, 2005. And then Matany was in 2002 when we planted the church. So the church in Moroto, it was only one church. And the church has stayed, it was started in 1962. Mm. 62, the church started. And of course, for 40 years, it was only one church. The Pentecostal Assemblies of God Church. And it was only one building, one church. And that was really for 40 years. Mm. And it was really a big struggle. I think uh, Pentecostal Assemblies of God leadership thought of, I think they wanted to close the work of mission mm. in this side of Karamoja. But thanks be to God that God has been able to do great things in the region. And we have been able now, all over Karamoja now, we have uh, 150, 56 churches. Wow. 
and pastors we have more than actually 200 because the assistant pastors yeah. and then of course actually the senior pastors maybe um, you mentioned a lot of places just now but how many districts uh, oh, yes. how many government districts make up your pastorate yes the karamoja is actually karamoja would say more about karamoja karamoja is uh, 27 27,300 square kilometers and Karamoja region is bigger and bigger than even Rwanda as a country. Mm. And then we have actually political districts, we have nine. Mm. And in those political districts, we have actually Karenga district, we have Kabong, we have Kotido, we have Abim, we have Moroto, we have... Uh, Nakapreprit, we have Amudat, and we have Nablatuk, those nine districts. And those are the places that I'm in charge in. And how do you oversee such a large area of land that's bigger <laughs> than another country? It is really, it's really by God's grace, because I move a lot. Mm. You find out that I can be in one district after one week, and then again another district to another week, and then you find out in a month you can visit only four districts. And then again, another month, you again visit maybe four districts. And it's really, it has been really tough and challenging. One of the areas that the God's grace has been sufficient to me because I have gone through Menada hardship. Menada, I've gone through Menada ambushes. Mm. And in 2009 was almost the last one that it was almost taking my life. And that one was really a serious one when I was coming from Amudat. Maybe before you tell that story, mm. the people listening may not know why there's ambushes, why there's insecurity. So let's let's back up a moment oh, okay. and share yeah. what what is uh, how many tribes are in how many tribes and languages are in the region, and then why why is there some insecurity and violence? Um, in Karamoja, we have actually eight ethnic groups. Eight ethnic groups, that means that of course we have uh, different people that speak different dialect mm. and they're able to speak different languages. You find the Ik, the Ik is there. We find the Toposa, actually those ones put on this side of, uh, of actually Southern Sudan. And then of course you find the Turkana, this side. And then, of course, in Karamoja, majorly, we have the Matheniko, we have the Bokora, we have the Bo Epian, we have the Upe, we have the Kadama, we have the Pokots. Mm. And of course, you find out that the, in the region, there are different people. Like when you go to the Ik, some of the people in the Ik, people, Karamojongs cannot listen to the language of the Ik, mm. because when they speak, this one will not be able to understand. Pokot, when you go to the other side of Amodat border in Kenya, and the other side, because the Pokots in Uganda, they also speak different languages. Mm. And then when you come to actually this side of Karamoja, we find out that because like the people in Karamoja, all this, all this conflict started in 1979. And when it started in 1979, the Matheniko were able to, because they were able to enter into the barracks in Moroto, 
and then they were able to get the weapons mm. after when Amin was overthrown and then of course after that they got those guns and through those guns they started terrorizing all the region mm. so the Mathaniko were the first people who started to have a gun mm. and then of course they would now use it for Akal before Akal they were using spears they had no guns so was there fighting by spears and bow and arrows before the guns yeah, they had actually spears, bow and arrow, and that's what they were using for fighting, spears and then bow and arrow. Was it like different tribes fighting each other? Yeah, it was different tribes fighting each other, and they would actually fight, because like if this one has cows, the other one would want to pick it and bring to himself, okay. and the other one also would want to pick this. So, so through it, that... So it's now, a long, long history of it, violence. Yeah, it's a long history of violence. And then when it's a long story of violence, by that time now when they acquired the gun, mm -hmm. and after acquiring the gun now, you find out the Mathaniko who are in Moroto, mm. they started now terrorizing other people. They would come to Koti, they would go to these other places. They started that kind of, because raids, they started doing all these things. And when they started that, that is what escalated all what is called insecurity in Karamoja. Mm. And then now, because now the GA... In Cotido, also had to look away on how to get the guns. And then, of course, now all these are the Bokora also had to get the way how to get the guns. And then that also has been actually a long story from all that those years. And then now, because the open door that they have, of course, guns from southern Sudan, mm -hmm. they have guns from this side of Kenya, bordering Kenya, and southern Sudan, we're bordering Kenya, and then southern Sudan. And through that now, because even some guns come from Ethiopia. Is it uh, is this fighting for cattle uh, cultural, or was it some kind of poverty driving it? I think it's not cultural, but because like uh, the nature of the people and how they live, I think uh, their lifestyle is actually pastoralist. So when you talk about pastoralist, they know because they love the cow. Mm -hmm. And that means that their main interest is actually the cow. Mm. And uh, before that, of course, people of Karamoja used to have many cows. Of mm. course, they used to have many cows. One person would have actually 2,000. One person can have even actually a bigger number of it. But now it's not there. Mm. And by that time, marriage was actually 100 cows. If you, had to, if you want to marry, then you pay 100 cows because cows were plenty. Mm. But now I think the cows are reducing even others can tell you 60, others can tell you 30, because it has reduced. So through that, now, because of also still that, because now each youth would want to marry, mm -hmm. and he would want to have the number of cows, maybe like 60, then because that's how they were able to move also. They moved to Teso, they moved to Acholi, they moved to Lango to do the raids yeah, to get so the those cows. those are other regions outside. Other regions Karamoja. outside, yeah. Those are other regions outside would they, Karamoja. Would they just take cows or would they also hurt people? Yeah, they take cows. They also hurt people. They kill them. They rape the women. That mm. actually was happening whenever they go there. But also this now is happening within the region. Mm. It's not from outside. They're now doing it within the region, Karamoja. You find this ethnic group, Mathaniko, will come and raid the GA. The GA will come and raid the Dodos. Mm. And then the Dodos, the other one, will come and raid this one. And then that conflict has become a main one. So each tribe, each ethnic group would call the other one enemy. 
because they are just one tribe, but because each different ethnic group, you find out the other one say the other one is enemy. Mm. And because once the Matheniko comes, difference of uh, Moroto come to Kotido, they will say these are the enemies. And that has created a lot of enemy between. And before even when we started ministry, it was difficult for you to post a pastor from Moroto and bring to Kotido. Mm. By that time, because the accent, the dialect and all this, you know, because they will be able to, if not, they will be able to kill that person. Mm. Because you, you will get the pastor within the locality, within the ethnic group. Mm. But currently now, God has helped us that we are able to move pastors. We move them. Those ones from Kotido can go to the other side of Moroto. Those ones of Moroto can come and do the work here, which is a good thing now. Mm. But before, it was really that once you had to get pastors for Mathaniko or for Bokora, you get those very people from there. You don't bring any person from another place to come and do the work within there. Now, let me take you back now to your story you were about to share. You were saying that it's sometimes dangerous for you to travel around as a bishop or as any any of the pastors traveling around. Um, why why is it dangerous for you to travel around when the target is to steal people's cattle? So why why would you be in danger as you're... Yeah, it will be a danger because also amid all the cattle raids, we also had the we also have some ambushes. They ambush the cars, the motorcycles. Mm. And because when you move, when you travel, anything can happen to you on the way. The warriors can come, and then they will come and attack you and come and shoot the car that you are in. And because that worked on, actually, from all those years, all that long, actually, it is stopped from 2010. A bit it is stopped. And from Akala almost 2010 up to almost 20, 2020. Mm. But again, it started just again recently when these ambushes and the stealing and the shooting happens. And this was Akala terrible. And uh, now we're, we're, in Karam- we're deep in Karamoja right now as we're speaking. That's why we prayed on the way <laughs> as we left <laughs> for God's yes. protection and we had a safe journey. So it's, But it's a bit unusual, right, for them to to actually stop a vehicle? Yeah, because like uh, once in a while, it doesn't happen every time, but once in a while they stop the vehicle. And mostly vehicles, they don't really stop, but mostly motorcycle. If you're riding a motorcycle, it's dangerous. But also still, if you're in the vehicle, which has cows, Where like in Amudat, when I was in Amudat, I went there for pastoral work. And then when I was coming back, because there were no vehicles, there are no buses, there are no what, so it was just those cows, those lorries mm. that carried the cows. So we were on top. Okay. The cows were down, and then we were on top of the lorry. You're just and there, then I'm Yeah, you are there and can't handle the, that lorry, that truck, and then you'll be able to move and all this. So, But what happens when we reach somewhere called Moroita, almost close to Nakapiripirit, and then the warriors, the three warriors jumped at the roadside with mm. the guns. Mm. And they, then they started shooting. Oh. And when they started shooting, uh, most of the people jumped out. Uh, most of the people jumped out from the car. The car stopped. And then because those people came when they were now, now shooting, I wanted to jump. The first time I wanted to jump to come out, the Spirit of God told me, don't jump. I pushed my leg three times. And I wanted to jump to run, but I couldn't run. 
So I had to lie down, down the car, and actually there were goats, there were cows, there was a camel. So the camel fell down on my leg, and the leg got swollen. Oh, and then of course, actually the gunshots, one of the gunshots came and passed in my shoe, the bullet, the bullet passed at my shoe. Wow. And then that one of course went and just burnt my shoe a bit at the side and went. The second bullet now came and hit the goat. My head was near the goat. Wow. And then of course when I was lying like this, the bullet came and shot the goat. Ah, then the blood all poured on me, the blood of the goat poured on my clothes. And even people were, people told my people that your pastor has been killed because I, all the body was a killer. Uh. But we thank God because that was really God that did that. So those people came, they started un untying, they wanted to untie the cows from the water and who were inside. Because some people, all, all the people ran. There was a man who ran faster. That one was even shot and the man died mm. because he was shot that day. That one died. But the rest, they undressed them. Those people who are older, they undress them, they remove the clothes, people are putting on leaves. Mm. Because they, they remove your clothes, they phone, the money, all everything was taken. Now with us, the driver, the engine, I think they, he put off the car and the engine went off. And then now, because I think he was with the fear, he had the fear, and then the driver was able to work. But what, thank God, is, as those people were untying them, all of them went to untie the one. So the driver started the car and engaged the gear and pulled them and it started going. Mm. And he started going and left these people. These people started now picking their guns and started shooting. And when they started shooting now, the car went. Mm. And after the car going, they now started targeting on those ones who ran away. And they took the money and all this. But I had my one money. I had 150,000 Uganda currency. By that time, that money was a good one. Mm. But my money was there. But the blood, all my body was full of the blood. Mm. And that was really serious. That was the worst one in 2009. Mm. Those are the challenges that we go through in the ministry in Karamoja. Nevertheless, Karamojong people, they love. Mm. They have love. They love they love mostly the church leaders. Mm. And when they see you as a church leader, they really give honor to the people of God, people who serve God. And that has helped us to move to the villages, to preach the gospel, to take the word, and to share with them, and to preach the gospel to all of them. Mm. And find out that, that because of the love, they love the church. They love the people of God. When you go and introduce in the village and say, even if they have their guns and you go and introduce, I'm a man of God, I'm a preacher. I come from this place. I brought, I brought the word of God. Mm. They love that. And that has helped us as Pentecostal Assemblies of God to preach the gospel all over Karamoja. Mm. Another thing that you have to do as a minister in Karamoja, never make enemies with people. Mm. Because if you make enemy with somebody, they can just actually, anytime, they can come with a gun and shoot you, even 1,000 Uganda currency. Mm. They can still be able to actually shoot you, and then because you'll be killed. For 22 years that I've stayed here, I've learned to love every person, mm. regardless of their status, regardless whether they're poor, regardless whether they're actually what. And through that has given me to be relating with them, and that has helped me. In all this, you find out that in Karamoja, Karamojongs love, they, 
they really, what they do, most of them men, most of them men, they would want to marry many women. Mm. Uh, of course, they are polygamy, men of them. Yeah. Uh, men of them are, they like many women. And then, of course, also, they also have a culture that if somebody, if an old person has reached 70 years or 80 years, they have to give him a young girl. And he has to marry a young girl of 14 years, 16 years, 17 years. And that's a culture because mm. uh, that that person, actually, Nakaramoyong is called Nakicholong. Mm. Nakicholong means a person who will be carrying the, the stool, that stool, you know, the stool of the warriors, this stool here. Mm. We will be able to carry that stool for them, say. But that girl is married 100 cows. Some yeah, of them are married 100 cows. And for those listeners, <laughs> I know what it means, but uh, what's a muse? Eh? And saying what? Tell the listeners what what do you mean by muse? Oh, muse is the <laughs> old man. Actually, yeah. the old man, the person who is old, like 60 or 70 years. That old person there. Of, I know we're just judging, yeah. but remember, it's not only <laughs> yes. me listening, but also people in, the, yes, in right. North America so, around the world. That person of actually 70 years can marry a girl of 16, yeah. 15, and all this, regardless of all this. So, so they do not mind about either child, uh, whatever, mm-hmm. or child abuse, they don't, actually, because in their government, in their relative, they have actually elders, mm-hmm. and those are the people who are in charge. If you are going to preach to that place, and you talk to the elders, and the elders has, have said yes, no young man can stop you because the elders, those elderly people, mm. are the ones that have authority. Mm. They are the ones who have actual authority to do many other things. Mm. And once those people have said yes, you can preach and do preach the gospel, tell people the gospel. And once the elders all say that we want this church to be there, mm. and they will all be able to actually do that, and all of them will be able to be born again. Mm. And once the elders say, these are good people, say, these are good people, accept them. And the young people will say, hey, we accept them. Mm. Oh, we accept them. And that's what happens. So when you're preaching the gospel, sometimes, some days, I used to go and I put my sheet. I used to also put on my sheet. And when I go to the village, I become like them. I have a stick. So, yeah, I have so my when stool. you say sheet, you're talking about as clothing, right? Yeah, a clothing, yeah. a clothing. Yeah. Because that's part of the clothing yeah. that we use in Karamoja. A sheet, that, or, uh, sheet or blanket? A sheet. A sheet. Actually, a sheet, which is actually a Maasai. Actually, it's called a Maasai sheet. That, okay. Those ones, those sheets there. Mm. And when you go there, you become like them. Mm-hmm. So as a missionary, that has helped me because I go there, I sit with them, I share with them, I eat with them. Whatever they eat, you share with them together. Do they, and then you do they be able eat to... anything unusual? <laughs> oh, because obviously they eat other things which are actually unusual. Like like, like because the blood, they can prick the cow and get the blood. And then because they drink it and mix with the milk. And that's delicious meal when you You, use. you also have taken that one? Oh, because once you're a missionary, you're able to t- <laughs> take it, of course. And, and then when you go to Pokot, Pokot in Uganda, the other side, because the grind charcoal, you know charcoal? The grind charcoal, that charcoal, then they grind and they put milk mm. into milk. And then a guest has to take it. And that milk is just because this other milk, which has stayed a bit for some time, then they put charcoal. And if you go there and you're going to preach, you must actually, you have to take that. Mm. 
And if you take that, it means that you have accepted them. Mm. And they have also accepted you. So once you take them, take that, then you will be able to take the gospel. And then you'll be able to preach to them. They know that this person loves us. Yeah. He even takes milk with us. He takes all this with charcoal together with us. That's beautiful. And that is what has actually helped us so because as a ministry, as Pentecostal Assemblies of God, to see to it that we reach and penetrate the villages. Yeah. And that through that, the gospel has moved from that place because we started from the other place and then from Matanya and the other side. Now we have Akalo because we have like all this, all that time from 2000 up to date. We have Akalo, the other side of Southern Karamoja. We have almost Akalo, 79 churches now, mm. 79 from 2000. That's already a big achievement. Then of course from this side. So when we total all, as I told you before, it is 156. That's and this has been really amazing. What God has done mm. is really amazing. Let, let me take you back before you continue on. I wanted to <laughs> say that it's just wonderful to hear that that missionary mentality that you are willing to sacrifice and adapt to the people in the clothing and the food. Mm. That's so encouraging. Now, some some people might want to know, how did it taste, that milk with charcoal and the milk with blood? <laughs> uh, how, how did you find it when you tried it? No, it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, Atod. It's good. Actually, because even sometimes when you go there, because they will, they will roast for you rats. You know these rats? Uh, uh, that yeah. one I've eaten. Yeah, even like you have eaten a it. Bebele. It's delicious. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. Not a bebele. Oh, different rat. These are the rats in the houses. Okay. This other one, mm-hmm. because then this other one. Mm-hmm. I visited one church because that was just actually last year. Mm-hmm. I visited a church and they cooked for me. Very good rat, delicious. I had to eat it. Yeah, yeah, I ate That's it. Good. Good so that was Akala because good of Akala becoming like them. Yeah. And then because once you take that, once you take that, that becomes Akala because what? Becomes something that is part of it. Now, one of the th- key things that we have to take note of in Karamoja also still, um, men are not allowed to love somebody's wife. Like if somebody has married the wife, mm-hmm. And culturally, that wife belongs to that person. Mm-hmm. And when that wife belongs to that person, you are not supposed to, because maybe caught in adultery mm-hmm. with somebody's wife, and uh, for you to come out of that, it can be either death or you pay six seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once you're caught with somebody's wife. So that means... You have to have to actually because pay a price. Mm. So that means that because that issue of saying the so and so has taken so and so's wife and all is not common from this side. Yeah. Although still men of because want to marry men other women, but because they want to marry those ones who are not married. Mm. And then also one of the interesting thing in the culture in Karamoja that I learned actually in all this, you find out that once you have got your wife. And you have stayed with a wife. You have 10 children. I'm just giving an example yeah. of 10 children. You have actually maybe 10 children. And then if you have not paid even any, any dowry, then another man will come to take that woman. He will take that woman plus all the children. Wow. You will not have any child. So all those children will be taken. Mm. And then from there for you, you will start from afresh. You will start now again looking for another one because you have not paid any dowry. Because oh. in Karamoja, people rely on, actually in Uganda majorly, yeah. we pay dowry when you are marrying. And then that's really very interesting. Now, one thing that has helped also the gospel to go on, 
it is by us having a training local people, mm. local people in the community. When you come to Mathenico, you come to Dodoth in Kabong, in another district, you come and get Akele, preach the gospel, get the local person. And once you get those local people, they're able to be born again. Mm. And then the gospel has actually moved because of getting the local people. Because if we are not to, if we are to import all the people every time, missionaries, then Karamoja would have not yeah, been able to make that. Yeah. We don't want the church to be dependent on people from yeah. other regions. Yes, from Uganda. other regions. So but we want to raise up the leaders. Raise there. up the leaders from here. So that has helped us to work, actually, to raise up the leaders within Karamoja. And already we're already raising some of them. Some of them we're taking them to the Bible school. Some of them we have what's called in-service Bible school. And then because locally, we train them locally within here. Mm -hmm. And then that has helped us to raise some leaders. But we also still have a target that because maybe 10 years to come, who would have young, young people who have been trained, they have gone for diploma, degree, or certificate in actually Bible and theology. Mm -hmm. And then if we have those 40 people, 40 pastors, 40 people who are trained, New ones. I'm talking about new ones. Because we have other people who have been trained. Mm. They're already there in the ministry. But I'm talking about young people yeah. who would be able to, because, because now we are taking young people, actually, because from, uh, from 22, 25 up to 35. Mm. If you're above that, because like 40 years, there's no need of taking you again to the college. Mm. So we want to target only the young people. Yeah. And those young people are able to change mm. the land of Karamoja. You, you mentioned a lot about the growth of PAG here and over the last 30 years or so, but um, are there other churches of other denominations around Karamoja and are, are there any ways that you've had some cooperation as churches, yeah. whether with like uh, evangelism or peace building or uh, community development? Are there ways that the different mm -hmm. kinds of churches mm -hmm. are working together? Yeah, actually, because we have um, in Karamoja, we have Church of Uganda, and Which we have Anglican, yeah, Anglican Church. That one, because we have worked with them closely, the bishop of the other side of North Karamoja, and then of course the other side, Karamoja Diocese, we have worked together closely. We have worked together in peace. Mm. Because we go to the community together to sensitize people about peace mm. and to change their mentality, to change the thinking. And we call it actually mental disarmament. Mm. We have done that with the Church of Uganda many times. Mm. And we have really gone to the villages and tell people, stop killing, stop mm. raiding, mm. stop all this, stop doing this. God is not happy mm. and God wants you to repent. We have done that actually with the Anglican Church mm. for many times. We also have other Pentecostal churches in Karamoja. We have Deliverance Church. We have Baptist Church. We have um, Full Gospel. We have Akale, We have PCU Pentecostal Churches of Uganda. We have uh, we have Voice of Salvation. But how many or or what percentage of of people living in Karamoja um, do you think are Christians who attend some kind of church, any kind of church. Us, any kind of church. Like How what, would you say? What percentage of the population? The percentage of actually Karamoja now people who attend the church, I would say if we talk about the church, because if you talk about the church, 
that actually because that's including even Catholic Church because that means that if you are including that then almost it's almost like eighty percent. So quite many. Yeah. Even even the people 80%. that are, are fighting and raiding, they're <laughs> yes, also going to yes. church. Yes, yes, yes. Some of them actually there was even a time you would go and preach and they come with their gun in church. They sit with their gun <laughs> and then they listen to the gospel. Then after that they go. So it's so, like uh, people are <laughs> free to come to church but maybe the gospel has not penetrated their heart yeah the gospel has not penetrated their heart but actually still the pentecostal i would say that pentecostals are really i think pentecost only pentecostals we can be maybe uh, 15% or 10%. Mm. It's not a big word but if you say the whole church yeah, yeah. that means that because it's actually 80% okay because actually because so when you see all that so we still have a lot of work and a lot of things to do as Pentecostals because we have not really penetrated a lot of many villages. So our vision is to see to it that every village in Karamoja, every parish, every village is reached by the gospel. And that's really our target. And that's really our vision. We want to see to it that every person, every Karamojong have to listen to the word of God. Mm. It's actually one of the unreached places all over Uganda. I think Karamoja is the least reached place with the gospel mm. and most of the people come and stay in Kampala stay in other places they do not want to reach in the villages here mm. because they know that from the villages here things are not well mm. but because like if you come to the villages you find out that Jesus still loves the Karamojongs mm -hmm. and Jesus Christ wants to change the lives of the Karamojongs but we have seen one of the key things that we want to now to do as a church it is to focus into education Mm. When we focus into the education, you find out that the children of Karamoja, once they go to school, the culture that has been there for raid in time to come is going to end. Mm. Although it's still there because they are still doing this and all this. But once that generation goes off, we need to build up the young generation. Yeah. Now, the young generation, these are the children that we need to build them up and give them a good education. Have you have you seen with the older generation? Have you seen any changes where um, peace is developed, or people give up their guns, or maybe someone gets born again and repents and changes that lifestyle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we have many commanders, the warriors, those ones who have been warriors here in Kabong. We have a pastor called Pastor Ilari. Pastor Hillary was a terrible, terrible commander and he fought a lot of battles with soldiers, fought a lot of battles with many other people and he was a key warrior who was able to do all this. But when we preach the gospel to him, now he's a pastor, he's born again. Mm. And that is really, Hillary now is preaching the gospel. Mm. Even during the time of COVID, he was able, actually he was arrested when he was preaching. He said that I cannot sit at home. I need to preach. Mm. So Hillary is here in Kabong where we are here in this district. Mm. And Hillary has been really a boy who has actually because what? Angura is called Angura Hillary. And the boy has done great things. There's a one again in Napak. It's called Apollo Tros. Now Apollo Tros is a local name. They Before, he used not to put on clothes. Mm. Now, when, he's, when he got born again, he started putting on trousers, so they named him Apollo Tros. So it means that he's the one who is now putting on the trousers. Mm. So that means Apollo Tros was also one of the warrior, killer. 
and he would kill people. He would do this, move to the villages and go to the raids. He was a commander of the warriors. But because of the gospel, Apollos has come back so to the Lord. The name is it the word trousers is in the name? Yes, yes. Okay. The word trousers actually they have never him now, Mr. Trouser. <laughs> <laughs> because he used not to put on the trouser, he was naked. He was used not to have the trouser. Mm. So Apollo Tros means that now he is putting on the trouser mm. and he got born again. And this man has really helped the work. And there are many others who have been warriors because pastors, mm. people who have been, but God has done it greatly that people who have been commanders, warriors, now they are pastors. Now they are changing people for Christ. Yeah, God's grace and is says, yeah, beautiful. God's grace is beautiful. <laughs> and that's all we give God glory for what God has done. Mm. In this region, if it was not because of preaching the gospel to those people, and when the other ones see these ones coming, and they said that so and so and so, so my commanders got why don't I also go? Mm. And that's how many of them have come to the Lord because they have really seen the other one has changed. This one has changed. This one now is a pastor. This one is now doing this. This one is also like this. Mm. And then they come to church. And that only has helped us to do a gospel and people are able to listen to the gospel. And that has changed Karamoja. Mm. And Karamoja, when Karamoja that you see today is a Karamoja that is changed. Mm. And then because we have also seen some of them, some of them when you preach to them, they go and hand their gun to the government and mm. say, this is the gun. This is one of them actually picked the gun and say, this was what I was using. But now I'm born again. I have Christ and Christ will protect me. So he took the gun to the government official mm. and say, have your gun. And this is what it is. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, I'm ready to walk with Christ. Mm. So that is really a blessing that God has done great things, amazing in Karamoja, that the warriors who have been killing people, now they are turned and they are now people who are preaching the gospel and telling people the gospel, which is amazing. It's uh, wonderful to yeah, hear. Yeah, that is really wonderful. Now, when they, <laughs> when they get born again and they give up the violence, I'm wondering now about some of the other aspects of their culture. Um, does PAG expect them to change their clothing from the traditional like sheet or blanket that they wear to something different? Do they expect them to stop drinking the, the milk with blood from the cow? Or, <laughs> or does PAG have more of a loose stance where they just... Oh, because now they also know that once they're born again, they're able to change now. Those other things like taking milk with the blood, they don't take. But because those ones do not have, and in case if you won't take it, and because what, that cannot hinder your salvation. But what happens is, some of them, because they now see we don't take it. Mm. And then because they also say, I think we don't need to. Even the drinking, because once they come now, they know that Pentecostal church, mm. they don't drink. I've seen uh, when yeah. we were going out to uh, Tool Tool the other time, there was just bottles of alcohol all over the road. Yeah. So that, that drinking is a big problem in the area? Yeah, in the area, because the drinking, like drunkenness is one of the key things here. Because mm. people, because drink and they drink alcohol, and alcohol is dangerous, eh? And because what? But most of them take the local bus, this other one, local mm. bus. And because sometimes they say, this is our food. Mm. Now, how do you actually, because now somebody is hungry and his food is a local booze. And then, of course, how do you be able to actually, he will tell you, give me food. 
And sometimes even you as a pastor, you don't have food. So what happens is you have to tell the person, I don't have food, but receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And now this other word, slowly by slowly, the person will change. Yeah, that's a, another issue I wanted to talk about <laughs> is that Karamoja has a reputation in Uganda for being a place that's very materially poor and a lot of poverty and also a lot of history of a lot of government aid and organizations that come in to give aid and there's a lot of dependency that's created. So how, how are you looking at that? Where, why is there so much poverty here in this region? And how is the church responding? How is the church helping with community development? What hopes do you have? Um, well, because like uh, poverty depends on your mentality or on your attitude. Because somebody can even have gold and he says, I'm poor. Mm. But because like maybe they need to be given more skills mm. that they will be able to learn. And that's what I call the the church has been able to give them one one of the things that was happening here in Karamoja that the church had to actually come in you find out that men would not dig they will not go to the garden mm. or because most of them do farming and they plant sorghum and the man would just come with a stick and hold the stick like he's keeping the cow so the wife is digging but he's not actually doing it and the wife has to even to build a house. This grass such houses. So a wife is the one who builds. The man actually is work is what. But we have been able to train them and teach them. And once you are born again, work together with your wife. Once you are born again, share together with your wife. Do all this. Carry water. Do all this. Carry firewood together. And then you will be able to work together in the garden. So most of them have started working on the gardens and digging and all this and do farming. Uh, but the farming was not originally part of their culture. Is that correct? Not really. Not really. Actually, part of the the culture. But of course now, because of the what, majorly what they grow actually is sorghum. But of course we have also seen that of course in other parts now they have cassava, they have potatoes, they have granites, mm. and they were able to actually now have those other crops also in. But majorly was sorghum. But before, it was majorly cows. Do they eat the cows or only the milk? Uh, eating a cow here is almost like a, the local people don't even eat the cow. Eh? Mm. They keep it, maybe it, if it dies is when they will eat. Mm. But they love the cow. Mm. And that means that they have to sell that cow and get the money. They have to then take milk. And, the, and really they're surviving from from the cows with, yeah. the, with the blood from and the, the cows and, and then the milk they're not killing the cow when they get the blood yeah they, they get the blood they get the milk and then they take so they just take enough blood to keep it alive yeah how, yeah. how do they do that <laughs> oh because the blood helps them like the milk and the blood no, how, I mean how do they get the blood without killing the cow Oh, because they, how do they get the blood without killing the cow? Yeah. They can prick the, prick the cow and the blood comes and they get that blood okay. from the cow. They don't kill it. Mm. They just have either, they can have something to pierce or a metal and mm. pierce then of course get some blood. And then after that, of course that place will heal. There's okay. a, there's so a they, drug, a local drug that they put there. Mm. They actually put, pick it from the bush after they have got the milk. Then they cover that place and put that local herb. 
and then that local hub there, the grass, then the smear there, then the cow gets healed, and that part is already what. So, okay. Mm. Um, we've we've heard about many of the 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 challenges, uh, and I want to come back to the challenges again when it comes to your ministry. But first, yes, what what are some things that you love about Karamoja that you just think are that you want the world to know that is good about Karamoja? Um, one of the things that is good in Karamoja, God has created Karamoja, Akhalet. It's a beautiful place. Mm. Green, the hills, and it's a good place to stay. Mm. And once you come here, you will find out that maybe you are in a different place. You will actually find out maybe you are somewhere. But of course, the beauty, mm. the creation of God, the creation yes. of God in Karamoja. When we move around, you, it, it, even you have seen all the places we have moved around. There are hills, there are vastity of land, and people because live freely, people are able to what, except only because these raids and all this. But people actually because eat the wild fruits, you go and get pick it and just eat it, and then because what, and then secondly, um, what I've loved in Karamoja. It is really the love of God. They have gods. They have many gods in Karamoja. Mm. But they know the other one, the almighty God, mm. that one. They respect him more than this other one. Mm. They have the God of the mountain, the God of the trees, the God of all this, and they have all those gods. But when you tell them the other one, the mighty one, mm. they already know him. Mm. And once they know him, once you tell them about the mighty God, the almighty, who is mightier than all these other gods, they are able to listen because you are talking about the mighty one. Mm. Although they have many other gods that they have because we didn't hear the tradition mm. and they have all these other gods. Sometimes they can even go and worship the tree. Mm. They can go and worship the mountain. They can go and do all this and say they can worship the cows or because they name the cows and begin actually calling the cows and dancing mm. and singing the name of the cow. The, the, all this, the men do that and they begin singing or because naming them my bull. They sing my bull is strong. My bull is like this. But once you tell them about God, that is powerful. Mm. And they are able to know that the mighty God, the other one from heaven, they listen to you and say, let me listen, sit and listen. Mm. Can even sit with his gun and then listen to the gospel. That's what I love because mm. I love that. Because once you see somebody, even who has a gun, who would be able to shoot you, is able to sit down to listen yeah. to the word of God. And he's able to listen to the word of God, the word of almighty God. Mm. And that is really powerful. Because a person who has a gun would do to you anything. Mm. But because of God. Is able to listen to that God. Yeah. Those are the key things that I love in Karamoya. But also I love that God is love and God is care has been sufficient for us. Mm. Because the ministry we do when I came here in 2000, it has been totally voluntary ministry. Mm. We would say voluntary work. Because it has been really, you do it and once you do it, and pray, then God will be able to guide you. I don't know, because sometimes in the morning you wake up, you do not even know what to eat. Mm. It's nothing but somebody, God brings somebody and, and brings some flour and say, have something. Mm. And God takes care of that. Mm. 
And that has been the care of God has been also powerful in Karamoja because caring what to eat, caring how the ministry is going on, and you find out God has been moving greatly on that. And that's really the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, <clears throat> as I told you before, because like uh, uh, Karamojongs love people who are friendly. Mm. So if you are not friendly and you want to make a lot of what you are not friendly, you will not be able to stay long in Karamoja because they will be able to actually see how to do away with you. Mm. But once you're friendly, love people, have the love of God mm. for the people and they will also love you. Mm. And once you do that, that will be really great. Mm. And then what? And then coming to the ministry challenges, I think I need to also touch that. Yeah, you touched about the far distances that you have to travel. Yeah. Um, and uh, you don't always have a vehicle to do so. Yeah, because up to date yet, I don't have the vehicle to move in the place, a Karamoja region, which is bigger than even Rwanda as a country, <laughs> which is actually because you know that it's actually challenging. The distances yeah. are far. You the go distances from like are one far. city... And then yeah. it takes you an hour through just the bush yeah. until you get to another town. Because like if you are to live from Kotido, Kotido town, Kotido town to Moroto, that's already 120, 120 kilometers. Two hours drive. Yeah. And if you have the car, because, but if you don't have a car, you have to use the taxi. You have to use the bus. Some places use the But there are places where there is no bus. Mm. So that means that the challenge that we have that I have even for now is the challenge of transport. Mm-hmm. Because how you can move to those places and reach them with the gospel in nine districts, a place bigger than Rwanda as a country, mm-hmm. then because you'll be able to know that it's really tough yeah. and challenging. But God's grace has been sufficient. Sometimes you move, you get a border border motorcycle and you use it. If the place there is no car, you can use that motorcycle and you pay maybe some little money then you'll be able to go there but because also motorcycles are the risk because when the warriors come they can shoot you they can actually handle you and all this so the biggest challenge that we have now in ministry is majorly that and then the second challenge that we actually have is the challenge on how to have income income generating activity for the pastors because most of the pastors, because you find out that how do they do the ministry? How do we be able to actually because empower them mm. and income generating activities, which is not there yet. And we are praying that God will be able to open actually the great door so that we're able to get actually maybe something that is able to empower the pastors, that they will be able to reach the people. They will be able to sustain their family. They will be able to keep their family. And that will be really great. The third thing that we have, um, leadership, equipping leaders. Mm. We cannot do without equipping leaders. We need leaders. We need young people to go to the ministry. They need to be taken to the Bible school. Bible school, because we'll need some money. They need to be trained to see to that they're able to uh, actually help the ministry. And that has been a challenge because like we have... 100, 100 156 pastors, mm-hmm. 156 senior pastors, 
And then we have also our assistant pastors, associate pastors. And those associate pastors, so because some of them, out of those people that we have, it is only, I think, 36 who have gone to the training. They have either got a certificate or they have either got a diploma. Actually, the highest actually is for now is a diploma. And then because maybe it's now me, myself, the bishop, and then the secretary are the ones who are doing actually, I've done a bachelor. Then because I'm now doing my master's. But of course, the rest of them, we are only two. Only two. With actually a degree. Degree. Yeah. degree, we are only two. So you find out such a challenge that of course, once you're in a, mm-hmm. in a place, 200 and, a, 200 and something past, 200 and maybe 60 pastors. But of course, out of 260, the senior pastors also, 156. But of course, it's only 38. That have done already a certificate diploma. And okay. it's only two who have done the degree. So, so of course now, <laughs> if you see that all that, so you find out that the capacity of pastors, we need more training. If there's so, more of the, the training, then we see how to take more young people, people to be trained. And then also still the challenge we have actually, you, because in a Bible school, you need a requirement. <clears throat> you must have finished senior four. And that's the minimum, the minimum requirement. And then, of course, of course, you can either have senior six. But now, most of our pastors, of course, that means that they have not even gone to, some of them have not gone to P7. Some of them have gone to P7. Some of them have not gone to secondary level. Mm. And then, of course, now that means that it calls for us to also still have in-service Bible school. And that's why we have in, introduced what's called in-service Bible school. Mm. And when we hold that Bible school, you find out that we also have a challenge of actually maybe a meeting place, mm. infrastructure. That would be because the people would come together and meet in that place, then we would be able to have at maybe a place, a center mm. of that in-service Bible school. Now what we have do, what we are doing, we actually move the teachers. Like you move to from this district, take the teachers to train the people there. And then you move them to the other district. 120 kilometers, you move them there by public. And then because they're able to train for two weeks, mm-hmm. then, then they come back. So that means that even the teachers are few. Because when you see the number of people who have been trained, yeah. so you find out the teachers are also few. So that means that the capacity of the pastors needs to be built and strengthened. And then we would be able to see the bright color. So karma. I see a, a challenge of your time also. <laughs> yeah. You're pulled in many directions. The time. <laughs> how, do you, how do you find time to rest when you, there's so, it's such a um, big responsibility and so many needs? It is so challenging that, of course, like uh, the time of rest, sometimes we would want to even have a month to rest, me and uh, the secretary, and we don't have it. So that means that sometimes you can have maybe a week to rest or even three days to rest, then again you move. Mm. You might not have even a month to rest, so that means that we are stretched. Mm. The two of us are stretched because the work is wider, the place is big, and then of course we needed to at least be able to work. Actually, if you have a strong manpower, maybe if you have actually these other people, many of them who are trained, you can be able to actually because give them the task and say do this and all this. And sometimes when you're delegating, you cannot delegate a person who cannot go... Yeah. and represent you there. So that means that some of the things you have to do it by yourself. Mm. So that means that actually now our movements has become too much. Yeah. And then because sometimes even we would want to have a month rest, mm. 
but it's not even there. <laughs> Sometimes you have a week or three days, then again you begin moving. You rest for the three days and all because the region is wider. Yeah. Bishop, uh, I, I see that our time is going. <laughs> we, we, we will need to stop soon, but I want to ask a couple more questions that I think are important. Mm. Uh, first, you face many challenges in this position and you face even dangers on your life from people who might ambush you and, and so on. Mm. With such dangers and with such difficult work, why do you do it? What keeps you going? Wow, what keeps me going? I know that I'm doing God's work and anything that happens to me, God will take care of me. Because mm. one, if maybe I enter in the place and there's an ambush, I know that I can, because God takes care of me and he has ever protected me in all this time. Mm. I know that still, after doing all this, one day, one time, when I will go there, I will tell God that I've done all these great things. Mm. And I will say, well done. Mm. And my purpose is circle to see to it that God will be able to reward me because I'm doing it for God. I'm not doing it for benefit or financial gain. Mm. I'm doing it for the glory of God. So whatever I'm doing actually down here, I have to do my best to see to it that God's name have to be glorified by people knowing Jesus in Karamoja. And that's what pushes me. And sometimes, actually, you would want to retreat. There was a time when, actually, because I thought that, can I really leave this place? Can I really was that? But God said, no, mm. I am with you. Mm. And I am with you. Every time, whenever you want, actually, you begin thinking about retreat and say, can I go back? No. But God said, I am with you. Continue. Mm. And that word, actually, the word of God continues encouraging me. And I continue doing the work of God because God is with me. And once God is with me, whether there is an ambush, whether there is a hunger, whether there is a challenge, because God is with me, that has moved me and I will never give up. And I have actually decided with my family that I will never give up. I will continue serving God until the time that I will finish my task because I won't see to it that God's name have to be glorified in Karamoya. And that's what pushes me to Amen. do it. Whether actually an ambush has taken here, maybe they have killed some people from here, mm. I will bypass there and go and go into the ministry mm. because I know God takes care of me. He's my protector. Mm. He takes care of me. You find us moving all this side, moving in all this region where actually people even would wonder. Last month, we were able to move, actually, we were, the, the team was in Kabong. And then when we left, after us passing, one car which was behind us was shot. Mm. And because those people were stopped, they were ambushed. Mm. But the grace of God is sufficient. Mm. And that grace of God has been keeping us, Anthony. Yes. And when we, you have the grace of God, that anointing and the grace of God is upon us, you serve God with all your heart because mm -hmm. that zeal, the spirit of God and the zeal that God has given us and the call, answering to the call. I said, I will go. Mm -hmm. When he calls me, I will answer. And I answered, I said, I will go to Karamoja. My leaders wanted me to go to Arua. They wanted me to go to another place, but I told them I don't have a call for Arua. <laughs> My call is for Karamoja. They even say there's a support the other side. Why don't you go to the other side? They will support you very well. I said, no, whether with the support or without support, God has called me to be in Karamoja. Mm. 
And even my people even told me, some of the pastors said, why are you going there? There's a lot of killings there. People are dying. And you are going to the place where people are dying. I told them that's the best place that <laughs> God will do a great work. Mm. And that's how this work actually continued like that because I have given my life to serve him. Mm. And when I serve him, I know my God will continue blessing me greatly and protecting me in Karamoja, regardless of insecurity. Insecurity is also a, ch a challenge. Insecurity is a challenge in Karamoja. Because when you move, you do not know whether you'll come back. Mm. But by God's grace, God will like it. Some people, whenever they will come to Karamoja, they make a will. They write a will that I'm going, but I don't know whether I'll come back. Mm. But for us, we move. We say that God, you'll take care of us. Yeah. And God is able to do that greatly, Anthony. So that really, has been really amazing. You have really <laughs> encouraged me and fired me up. By, yeah. I think you, you were starting to preach. To yes. preach and it's, it's feeling good to listen to. Yes. Now, um, I know that our brothers and sisters in PAG may also listen to this uh, interview. And so those those brothers and sisters from PAG and Uganda that are listening, what what would you like to share with them about ministry in Karamoja and how they can support what's happening here? Um, what Akala would be Akala would because one, the leadership of Pentecostal Assemblies of God, they have we have been really working together with them, and what happens is whatever happens in Karamoja, they have been part of it. Mm. And whatever is happening here, whenever we are here, whatever challenge that we go through, they also know that this is what it is. The best is we have to train more leaders. Mm. And even still as they listen, they will be able to know that as a church, we need to empower leaders. We need to empower leaders. And then, of course, empower leaders and equip leaders. And once we equip the leaders, many leaders in Karamoja, that will be powerful. Because I remember my leader, Reverend Simon Mio, told me, we are not sending any person to Karamoja. If you fail from there, you are now the one who is going to Akala. We are not sending any person. Mm. And that gave me the mind of Akala saying, now as a person whom God has called to be here, I need to disciple young people. Mm. And of course, God has answered our prayer. We see young people coming to the ministry. We are preparing many of them, many of them to be in the ministry. And that has been really amazing. They have been encouraging us. Mm -hmm. They have been encouraging. Even recently we were in Kampala for the meeting. And they have been really encouraging. And I say, go on. Mm -hmm. The Lord is with you. And when you have such people, uh, because they are our mentors, they are really people who are um, they, they disciple. Once you have a mentor, whether you are going through a hard time, you share with him. And that person is able to tell you, go on. Mm -hmm. The Lord is with you. Mm -hmm. And that is that encouragement only is able to help us. There are people who are who have been sent for mission, who have been sent to do this work, and they have not been able to acquire money. But because of God, mm. God is the one that takes glory. Mm. Personally, I don't want to take glory because it's God, mm. because He's the one who has done all this work, and if He has done it, let us work together as a team. Mm. And the kingdom of God will be built in Karamoja, will be built in Uganda, and other parts that actually the gospel has not reached to, yeah. then that will be really great. Okay. God has been doing great things like now because we have actually we have Compassion International. Compassion International has just started 
it's now almost like three years they've started working with us and then they're sponsoring children in each like now we have actually 13 centers 13 cdyc's and those ones of course like they're sponsoring 250 children mm. so that means that all over karamoja if we are able to actually as i told you about education if we are able to change all this and national offices like our head office is behind it. They're the ones who made a recommendation for Compassion International to come to Karamoja. Mm. And they have really worked hard to see to it that this actually comes. And already we already have actually almost like one, almost uh, that is uh, 13 times 250. Some centers have 250 children mm. being sponsored. So that means that we are looking at actually, of course, what in 10 years or 20 years to come would be able to actually have like 10,000 children mm. being trained and from nursery, primary, up to up to secondary and up to university. Yeah. And that will be a blessing what God has done yeah. and through Compassion International. That has been really great and that has been happened because of the network mm. of our national leaders and they have done that greatly. Maybe for the last question now, um, there are also people listening from around the world, maybe from other countries in Africa also. Um, anything that's on your heart to share with them about Karamoja? And then uh, just share a couple specific prayer requests, and we'll end with that. Yeah, the prayer requests, of course, one, we need to pray for Karamoja, peace, because insecurity because that hinders the gospel to go on. Because if you go to the village, people are killed, people are what people are not having peace. And then because you find out that, or because that's a key prayer word. And then also still, we need to also still look at, or because like in Karamoja, we need to look for sustainable, sustainable alternatives. Because like recently, of course, like people were dying of hunger. And because of the drought, because of Akala, because maybe the, the, the harvest didn't do well, and then because people were dying of hunger. So we need to pray that God is able to actually raise the standard of people and we're able to actually give them alternatives mm. so that they're able to have something, like have tractors that will be able to plow bigger gardens. And if there is rain, they'll be able to have this. Then also still, because the prayer, we need the, the prayer for the car, the transport. You know that uh, moving in the region which is bigger than Rwanda as a country and you are moving you don't have a car because you know what happened <laughs> you keep on because going this and going this way going this way and all this and that is really a key point of prayer if we would be able to get us a transport then that would be able to widen our world our movements would be able to help us in movements and that would be all for the glory of God and then also still we need to pray for we need to pray for equipping leaders. We need maybe a color because if there are some people who will be able to support equipping leaders, just train them, disciple them, and help them. Some of them will go to the Bible school, but not all of them will go to the Bible school. So that means that in service Bible school has to be strengthened so that when we're able to have in service Bible school locally, we can't even do it with a local language, eh? train them in a local language, even if they have not gone to P1, P2, P3, and because they do not know English. 
but we can do it in a local language so that they, they are empowered. Mm-hmm. And once we empower them in service Bible school, we're able to do discipleship, and that's the discipleship, the training. Those are the key areas of prayer. Mm-hmm. And then we will be able to see that greatly. And then education. Mm-hmm. I talked about education. It's not education that can change this land. And it's only the Karam, it's only the church that is able to change Karamoja, to bring peace in Karamoja and to bring love of God mm. and transform the community with the love of God. Mm. And it's, there's no another person. If the church fails to do that, then of course it will be difficult. Mm. The church has to disciple the community of Karamoja. Mm. The church has to disciple our land. And the church has to actually pray for peace and pray for peace, bring peace in Karamoja. Mm. And it's only the church that is the solution. Once we change the people and preach the gospel, good news is spread around. Mm. Wow. People will be changed and more warriors who have been shooting and all this, they will get born again and that will be powerful. And once they get born again, that will be powerful because they are able to change the land of Karamoja. And Karamoja will not remain the same. I believe greatly with the prayer that we have, our prayer, with all all your support and all whatever happens, let us stand together and we have actually strong church plans. Mm. But also still we need to have actually because a, a strong church plans, but also we need to plan how do we strengthen the church planters mm. so that they're able to actually be given, empowered, Empowered financially, empowered spiritually, empowered in all those areas, aspect of life, so that they're able to actually see to it that the ministry goes on well. I believe that God is able to do that greatly. Mm. And through this, Karamoja will not remain the same. Mm. Our vision of seeing every parish, we have to have a church, every village, we have to have a church. I know that it will happen in twenty. In 2030, we believe that at least there will be parishes, there will be villages. At least now, almost every center in Karamoja, every center, almost every trading center, at least we have a church, Mm. every trading center. But now after that, we have to move from parish to parish. Yes. And then from village to village. Mm. So if we have done that, I think after that we would say to God be the glory. And if they, every village has a church, Pentecostal church, mm. and that would be really great. Amen. And that would be amazing greatly. Thank you really, Anthony, for your time. Yeah, I think we better stop here. We've gotten long, but Bishop, I want you to know that you have greatly encouraged me. Amen. And uh, I know that people will be thinking about you and praying for you and Amen. for the regions. Thank you yeah. so much for this time. Thank you for being part of us and thank you for loving Karamoja. God bless you greatly. Thank you.